this week on see with queen and jay reparations everybody and their mama's been throwing that word around does it mean something does it mean nothing what does it mean when can we use it and why it's tea with queen and jay people drink up Okay, what's up? Nothing. What's up with you? Uh, nothing is up. I actually did that my task board, so I feel better coming in. Good, I good. now have insecurities and depression about other things. Now that I have time to focus on those things, <laughs> I feel like an accomplished ass bitch. But also now I'm you know, insecure about other things. But oh, brother! All right, what is progress to Jay? I don't know. Welcome to Tea with Queen and Jay. We, we are, are two womanist race nerds talking shit over tea, dismantling white supremacist patriarchal capitalism, one episode at a time. I'm Queen. I'm Jay. And, and this, this is Tea with, with Queen and Jay. Ew. That was good. Look that at was you. Good, In sync yes, and shit. Look at that. All right. I figured, you know, we used to say supremacist different. I would say supremacist. You say supremacist. And then we got on key with it. And uh-huh. now you on the same well, thank you for the recap same thing if you would like to join in to the conversation on social media be sure to use the hashtag t with qj on twitter and instagram on facebook in your instagram stories mm-hmm. wherever the heck it is use hashtag t with qj call us out so that we can get involved and share the conversation and we'll retweet that shit we'll talk back to you guys yeah. Um, I also want to add, use the hashtag pod in. So if you want other people to find our podcast, you want to share this shit, put pod in, and then other people who don't know about Tea with Queen and Jay can find it. That's so, right. That's yes. hashtag P-O-D-I-N. Yes, yes, and yes. We are recording at the Indie Creative Network Studios. Be sure to check out their website, ICN.DJ, for up to the minute Every hour, on the hour, fucking content. There are articles on there. Mm -hmm. There are podcasts on there. There's video on there. All type of shit for us, by us. Be sure to check that shit out. Yes, ICN.DJ. That's right. Mm -hmm. Do you have libations this week? I do, but I'm going to first tell them what libations are. Mm -hmm. Libations are the way Jay and I pour some for the people, places, and things that give us black joy. So we pour it for our homies and all those things. They are our high fives. They are our shout outs. They are our black ass, black joy. So I want to pour libations actually to the group chat that is called Community as Bitches. Yes. That is a group chat with Janicia, my mm-hmm. co-host. That's me, Jay. Money of the Queer Woman of Color podcast and also Nikita. Um, I had like a weird kind of breakdown today, mm-hmm. this week, mm-hmm. because I just felt overwhelmed. There's just a lot going on. There's a lot going on with the podcast, a lot going on with my magazine. And then my job actually wants to like be like a job. They have and, a lot like, of fucking nerve, and, like, My job too. Give me work. We don't have time for that. Sending me away to conferences and shit. We don't have time for this. And it was just a lot for me to like navigate having all that work to do and prioritizing that shit. And, um... Yeah, y'all kind of like talk me through that shit. And Mm -hmm. thank you guys. You're welcome, yo. Thank you. I also want to give a libation to group chats in general. Mm -hmm. I think when used correctly yeah <laughs> they are incredibly important yeah. just just that knowing that at any given time i could be like y'all look at this shit you know yeah. what i'm saying it's helpful yes it is really really helpful and even like you and i's one-on-one texting are good but we do so much work 
together yeah that sometimes it's like we already been talking i already i know what you're going through you yeah, know what i'm going, going through. through i don't want to text you with this extra shit extra burden and i'm gonna tell you again later anyway and we're probably gonna be together in a few hours exactly so it is nice to have these other avenues of like communication and then and it, it gives people the option of whether they want to respond so if it's like a one-on-one yes. thing it's like friend i need you for this or whatever yes. but if it's a group text yes i'm talking to about three or four yes. people and one of them might have insight and right. then the other homegirls will see oh, okay somebody ready to care that's what her i like that. yes when i look and i'm like oh so-and-so got yeah. it let me just say something it's no so it, it, i acknowledge this yeah. i acknowledge your experience it helps and also shout out to whoever just got just yes. fixed this so yeah, yeah no so libations to everybody who's out here using the group chat properly if you are in a group chat you don't want to be in leave that shit leave if you are that in is self-care yeah if you're in a group chat that you like but you want somebody out of it start a fucking new one without that person I have you know what that. i'm saying yeah. manage your group chats in a way that is best for you yo. yes word and just some group chat etiquette ask people if they want to be in one jesus Christ. ask a bitch yo like seriously yo yo okay <laughs> sometimes i'm friends with this one and that one and they know each other, each other but i don't want to talk to both of y'all because i talk to you stupid idiots about two different things yes i don't want to be in a group chat with the Just, two of yeah. you fucking idiots yo <laughs> that shit has helped it helped to ruin a friendship but i said from jump i didn't want to be in this fucking chat anyway it happens but it does. a bitch. it doesn't it do so speaking of libations um we actually have donation libations and that is when we give love to folks who have put some money in our collection plate yeah uh, can you tell us how to donate to the show yes donate to tea with queen and jay by going to our website tea with queen and hit that donate tab and we give you two options the two. first the first option is our paypal mm-hmm. and that is where you drop how much you want in the pot however many times you want but there's no commitment there and then we have our patreon and that's where we ask for a little commitment every month we're only asking for two dollars a month but you can decide to be more or less that is up to you we give you those options to do that Um, but like i said it's a little more of a commitment so that is something that is deducted from your account monthly and um yeah remember patreons Mm -hmm. update your address do you know how to do that but do you know how to update addresses within the patreon nope Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so I actually I just looked because somebody did ask us um, how we update addresses. And I have to say I'm looking at Patreon and I'm not sure. <laughs> um, so we actually might have to go in and make a space for that. Um, sorry. Yeah, we'll let you know. We'll let you know. Yes, but thanks for that listener who told us they was having issues. So yeah, now we know going Absolutely, forward. absolutely. So, yeah, so we'll check on that. We'll take care of it. But in the meantime, you're not missing out on anything. Um, we just wanted to make sure that we got a jump start on collecting those addresses. Mm-hmm. But we will get on top of that and figure out exactly how to do that. Yeah, we will ask our intern, Water Melandria, yep. to get to it. Also known as Queen or Jay. <laughs> um, in the meantime, we do have donation libations yes so we got new patreon subscribers so our new patrons are ashley mm-hmm. Aaliyah, i think if i'm saying it correctly Aaliyah or alea and Takunbo. and thank you and i hope i'm saying that correctly as well thank you thank you all so much for Becoming your patrons yes we appreciate you paypal donations paypal donations all right so the homie domingo broke us off lovely and we actually lovely with a specific request that we use that towards um our juneteenth party that's happening on june june 19th so Mm -hmm. we're going to talk more about that 
in a few minutes. Um, but thank you so much, Domingo, for your PayPal donation. Yes, thank you. Then we got a donation from Latoya on PayPal. Latoya says, keep doing what y'all do. Thank you so much, Latoya. We Latoya, appreciate you. we will. Keep doing this. <laughs> and then um, Joshua and Latoya must have been hanging out because Joshua <laughs> said, keep doing <laughs> y'all thing. Thank you so much, Joshua. That's actually um, Joshua Perez, I think, from Talking Shit Podcast. Yeah, from the Talking Shit Podcast. Yeah, so yes. thank you so much. Um, he's been incredibly supportive and, like, super nice guy in person. So thank you so much. We actually met him at Pod and Live NYC. And we got another donation from Sherry. With the E at the end. Mm-hmm. I think that's a very cute way to spell yeah, that. I hope I'm I saying think. it correctly. Mm-hmm. And Sherry says, This is for the year. Seriously, the dopest podcast ever. Wishing you both all the blessings you desire. Thank you for your content and contribution to the culture. Love y'all. Ew, that's so sweet. Thank you. And our last PayPal from donation for the month is for the week is from Devin. And Devin says, um, Dear Queen and Jay, a friend of mine, shout out to Tanya Jay, suggested your podcast as good commentary to accompany my watching Dear White People. I was hooked after one show. You two are a warm black girl hug on what seemed like ever increasing shitty days in this country. I appreciate that you all make me feel validated and I love the way you promote community and and radical self-love. This is my $24 for the year, but I do plan to donate more. I should note I'm a podcast junkie. I live in L.A., and have to commute one and a half to two hours each way daily. So I live and die by good podcasts. I have been completely consumed with your show since I started and slick glad that I have years of shows to keep me occupied through summer. Keep up the amazing work and hopefully I'll get to see y'all in person one of these days. Sincerely, Devin, pronouns she, her. Thank you, Devin. Thank you so much, Devin. Yes, we appreciate you. In addition to those donations, for our Juneteenth party, well, anytime we have events, we leave a donation tab on uh, our event page. And in, in case you're feeling, you know, feeling you saucy. Know, you want to, you know, put froggy. something in a point, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and we got three donations on our Eventbrite. So thank you to Diamond, Brandon, and Ishoke. Yes, thank yes, you. thank you all so much, and we're super excited about seeing all of you, yo. Diamond is coming back from Texas yeah. to hang out with us. Super excited as always to see Diamond from Marsh's Plate Black Trans Talk. Make sure y'all are listening to that podcast. Totally. Um, they got a shout out on the read. Yes, recently, which is which pretty is, like, cool. Super excited. I was in my house like, that's my friend. That's my that's friend. My friend. And then your dog Hennessy was like, calm down. She was. She does. <laughs> and Brandon, thank you so much. And the homie Ishoke, who has been on this podcast who was actually on this podcast last summer for pride month yes which is, yes yes what's she happening now was. so yeah so this is super exciting we're excited thank you all so much speaking of juneteenth 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 is coming mm-hmm. so juneteenth is our well juneteenth is a motherfucking holiday but yes. it's also we throw an annual juneteenth celebration so this year we're throwing our juneteenth after work kickback that's happening on tuesday june 19th from 6 to 10 p.m at von bar that's mm-hmm. three bleaker nyc and what is you want to tell us what juneteenth is juneteenth is the first black american holiday it's basically when um People who were enslaved finally got news that they were actually not enslaved anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, this is years after the Emancipation Proclamation. Um, there are also probably many other dates like this. This is the first noted one that we know right. of in the, you know, the U.S. So we celebrate Juneteenth in celebration of these people learning that they're not enslaved anymore. That's right. I already requested the day off and they better not tell me no. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm better not tell me no. <laughs> um, <laughs> 
also uh, another reason why we're super excited like we mentioned one of our listeners and the homie domingo wanted to donate uh drinks domingo yes he's like yo i can't be there but i want to make sure motherfuckers are able to drink so domingo donated money for drinks yes us with the black girl hustle went Mm -hmm. back to the venue we're like yo this is what we got for drinks what can you do do for me though but what can you do for me right so thank you so much to domingo and von bar so in conjunction we are able to provide a free drink for our first 50 50. guests 50 50 guests that's a lot of people so if you pop up if you get there and you are in that first 50 you guaranteed a free free drink drink. yo so thank you so much again to domingo and von um we love you both we appreciate you free party celebrating fucking freedom and what we're not gonna do what we're not gonna do is we're not gonna do is call this a reparation oh because it's not It's not. It's just a free drink. But okay. come through, party with us. It's going to be a good time. We just really think it's important to take a minute and celebrate our freedom and kind of just regroup and just take a moment to chill. Yeah. And like people fought for this. People died for this. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And people are still fighting and dying. And dying. Yep. Yeah. So we'll put the link to that in the show notes. Be sure to RSVP. It's a free party. We want to see you there. Other things that Jay and I are doing that are awesome is our review series for the show, Dear White People, mm-hmm. Dear Black People. Yes. Um, that is posted every Wednesday. That's right. And we are now up to... We did four, and we have, uh, yeah, our last one in the our series is tomorrow. Our last one is coming up. So That's then right. it'll be a whole completed series. Yes. And you can listen to it anytime. anytime. We notice a lot of people have been going back and listening to our um, She's, She's Gotta, gotta have, have It, We Gotta Have It mm-hmm. reviews. And, um, yeah, we really enjoyed doing this season and we hope, um, hopefully we'll get to do it again. And it was, uh, fucking great. It's nice to review something that you kind of love. Yeah. That doesn't hurt you the whole time. Right. Right. So this was super cool. So be sure to check out our analysis. We get to touch on a lot of different things and thank you. Your response has been great to everybody who's been listening to it. So please be sure to share it tag us you can use the hashtag dear black people white people of course are trying to corrupt that and, and i would like to say say it libations to jay because mm-hmm. i'm noticing on our twitter that i'm like when did we report these tweets but jay's just randomly oh. <laughs> fucking reporting and spamming people on I that am, dear black people hashtag yeah, being racist just yeah. a, i'm like oh seven tweets i'm mm-hmm. like what the fuck is happening i don't got time jay's being a black well, like, power ranger yeah. and making sure that she tries to keep yeah, the dear actually, black people hashtag that's right. clear Ju- justin boys. um simeon had had been talking about about, like there's been a, the director and creator of dear white people was talking about how there was like an organized movement of trolls organizing from the start of the season mm-hmm. to kind of um, yeah to sabotage it yeah and to call it racist and all this stuff without actually understanding what the context of this why show would you is care about the context of what black people right right, right why right right why? yeah why why um so yeah so it has been because at first so we call the we call our review series dear black people and i was like should i should i should we do that should i be using this hashtag if all these fucking white supremacists are here talking about what we should and shouldn't be doing or whatever and and i say yes yeah i say fuck it flush them out flush them out yo fuck it and also when they use that hashtag they'll see my black ass there tweeting about about a show show. that i'm enjoying so so fuck that resist on that's right resist on so always use the hashtag dear black people if you want use the hashtag dear white people dear white people too is another hashtag and you can that's right and then use that hashtag that's right and we will be there we're we're there having the conversation so so there's that we're loving it (laughs) <laughs> you corny um, 
All right, so real quick before we get into, sh- into the, the meat of the show, last week we talked about womanism and like dating and fucking men in particular like what can you be a womanist or to some can you be a black feminist Feminist. and date men love men fuck men really mostly because we know that you can fuck anyone and be whatever but like can you can you be in like a healthy relationship with a man while you are working to fight white supremacist patriarchal capitalism and a lot of I'm, i'm finding noticing that a lot of black men they when they when we say white supremacist patriarchal capitalism some will say they're down with it they'll be like yeah i'm i fucks with that as long as y'all not doing no man as long, long as y'all not no man bashing black feminists they don't understand that they're a part of that system they don't understand what patriarchy is yeah. right and and how they fit into that mm-hmm. right um so anyway so we talked about that last week and how it is possible to still if you are somebody who is interested in dating and loving and sleeping with men how you can be a woman be a womanist race nerd be a womanist or black feminist and still do that Mm -hmm. um we had talked about it on another episode and i couldn't remember and the homie from uh, three-fifths podcast uh Uh resident thirst trap podcast thirst trap (laughs) justin um reminded us that it was on episode 124 because we had a listener who wrote in because they were interested they wanted to slide in his they DMs. wanted to slide into thirst trap justin's dms yeah. uh, i think yeah justin and eric i think is the other host uh the male host name of that show yeah they're thirst traps and they just can't help it you know <laughs> so uh justin is out here posting thirst traps the thirst trapping on the to the eye of the beholder right posting selfies Doesn't posting matter. pictures of him loving his child these are <laughs> thirst traps okay clearly clearly thirst traps so yes so that was episode 124 yeah. for anybody who wants to go back and listen to just kind of more um, discussion on being a being a woman who is interested in and attracted to men while also working to dismantle Mental. the motherfucking the patriarchy and the fuck shit. Do. Right, right, right. Um, yeah. So check that out. Check again. Check out episode 124. Check out episode 156. 156. And thank you again. Thirst Trap Justin. We appreciate you. <laughs> And that's Three Fits Podcast. Be sure to check that out. Yeah, I'll check leave a link them out. In the show yes, notes. They're dope. Yes. That is a safe male space. That's that right. I, yes. That I've entered. Yes, in, like, yes, yes. And mm-hmm. those, as we, we've said on this podcast before, that we rarely um, do shows. We will rarely like be a guest on a man's podcast because we have found in many instances that it, it tends to be unsafe for us. Yes, and that just means unsafe. like, yeah, that just means like mentally and emotionally it, it we have found that we will be invited there and then also not welcome there not welcome or we're invited there and we're there to do the work right this this is your podcast you should have researched these things mm-hmm. and then access to talk about it rather than right, like, what right, is this right what's this yeah. like no don't do that yeah um so yeah yeah so um libations three three fifths podcast thank you for doing what you do all right. Okay, so let's get into the let's show. Let's get into the motherfucking oh show. Yes. Tea you yo we're drinking actual motherfucking drinking tea, tea again yo today. we're back at it like back in the beginning i am drinking we black drank tea, tea last month you said it like yeah last we month yeah we were drinking tea last I month i don't remember mm-hmm. um you were drinking coffee that's probably why you don't that's remember. why i don't remember i'm all hopped up on coffee caffeine mm-hmm. i'm drinking black tea it's delicious 
Grind, grind. Yeah. Okay. What do you have? I am drinking chai tea. All right. Yes. I see you. I see you. Yes, yes, yes. I actually had to drink tea today because I came in furious because I had one of the worst Uber rides ever. He was such a nice guy, but just really, I really hated him. <laughs> um, it's just like bumpy ride, wrong, wrong direction. I don't situation. know why you ended up in that other borough that is not Brooklyn. But. Oh my God. It was so I'm like, did you use the Uber app? Oh no, I'm using a different app. Motherfucker. Um, what are your pronouns? My pronouns are she and her. What are your pronouns? Yes, yes. My pronouns are she, her, and they. And what are you affirming for yourself this week? I'm affirming that I'm a bad bitch. Tell it. I'm affirming that I am enough. You are, you are. And I'm affirming that I will stay active and continue to be active. I want to talk about why I'm saying be active rather okay. than like lose weight or like Someone asked me why I keep saying stay active and not saying, like, I want to lose two, 10 pounds. Or really? Like, um, when we turn this I, off, I want you to tell me who and send me the No, address. it was casual. It wasn't nothing like that. But it was uh-huh. just like, how come you keep saying I stay active? Like, how come it's not these other things that people would usually say when it comes to their um, weight loss journey and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, because it's about being active, actually, and not, right. like, you know, whatever. Right. Um, so but even that the assumption would be that your goal is to lose weight, it's a bit presumptuous. Because people, general, that's generally why people exercise. Right. People don't just exercise just because. It's usually, like, mm. when you start exercising, it's because I want to lose weight. Right. Um, so for her, it was just like, how come you say active instead of what the thing that other people usually say? Mm-hmm. So I just, you know, Okay, that. yeah, that's fair. Um, but, so, like... I've been saying every episode, I have joined a 5K run walk that I'll be participating in. And I'm also raising money for Kids Creative. And that link will be in the show notes. Um, I've raised some money. Thanks for the people who have donated. And thanks for the people who are, like, motivating me and giving me tips. I have a few people, like, hit me up and give me, like, um, a few tips. I don't know why I didn't think of this, but someone was like, why don't you go to where the run is so you can, like, do oh, it there. Shit. And I'm like, oh, that's so simple. Why didn't I think of that? I so of I plan to do that. <laughs> what good are we to one another? I, know, right? I did not think of so that So I plan shit. to do that, you know, all that stuff. So thank you for everyone who's been um, encouraging me and supporting me in this space. So, yes. Those that's are my awesome, yo. All right, cool. Um, my affirmations are that I'm not a lady, as always. Um, I would like to also affirm that I am enough. And I want to affirm that I am financially stable and abundantly healthy and wealthy. That's right. Um, and I want to affirm uh, reluctantly to be more active. Because <laughs> I really need to. Because actually I took Hennessy for a walk and I'm like, yo, this is just a fucking dog walk. I'm not doing nothing. Why do I feel like this? Mm-hmm. So, yes, I would like to lightly lean into affirming. But what? even that, because, like, I take walks while I try to take walks every day at work. Mm-hmm. And I actually had that idea to do that because someone I know who walked their dog a lot lost, like, 10 pounds okay. just from adding that extra walking that she does with her dog. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I can't walk my cat, but I can't take a walk. Mm-hmm. So that's how that kind of. So maybe even though Hennessy doesn't like to be she walked. She really do not. But, but there are yeah. little things you can do to be active yeah. that isn't particularly exercise or isn't mm-hmm. particularly those things. So yeah. that's why for me it's like Yeah, active. I got to do that because really I've just been relying on sex to be like my activity, you know? That's one of my favorites. Yeah, and I, get, I do get annoyed when I miss a sex appointment. But I'm like, I guess I wouldn't be so annoyed if I was also exercising. <laughs> Probably like, yo, this is going to throw my whole shit out of whack. What do you mean you can't come tonight? This is do whack. you know what this is? Hello? This ain't about you? <laughs> <laughs> all right yeah 
So Jay and I are going to have a discussion about reparations. And what made us want to have this discussion was I got highly uncomfortable when one of our donations was referred to as a reparation. And then I also got word via Twitter of a like kind of happy hour reparations thing. And I just was like, why is this word being thrown around so carelessly? Like, let's figure out what the fuck this is. Mm -hmm. And then I remember the episode of Queer Walk, Queer Women of Color, where one of the hosts, Nikita, kind of went in on the word reparations too and how it's kind of used carelessly and how it should be used or what reparations actually should be and what it is. So we figured, you know, we'd bring her into this discussion. And now we have Nikita here. Yeah, so we wanted to bring somebody on. So we have the outrage, but we know that Nikita has the language. <laughs> um, so Nikita has been an activist and organizer in environmental justice, women's rights, and anti-racist struggles for almost a decade. Currently, she is an organizer with the Workers' Center of Central New York, an organization committed to empowering and organizing low-wage workers. Nikita is also co-host of Queer Walk, the yeah. homie podcast, yep, yep. a podcast committed to highlighting and celebrating queer women of color. Nikita, welcome to Tea with Queen and Jay podcast, welcome yo. Welcome to Tea with Queen and hey. Jay. Hey, thanks for so joining excited. us. <laughs> Thank y'all for having me. Yes, did I get your bio right? Did I get your intro right? Anything to add? Yes. Okay. No, that's, you know, just a general bad bitch. You know. <laughs> You know. That's right. That's Casual right. bad bitch. You got to throw that in there. Yes. yes. So we talked a little bit about like kind of what made us want to have. Can you give us what, what would you say is a formal definition of what reparations is? So how I and well, I guess before I should answer, I should say, you know, I'm not no expert. I haven't studied this, but obviously as a black person and somebody who has um, been involved in organizing is something that I care about. So this is just stuff that I've been trying to think through and work mm -hmm. through. So that's how I come to the conversation. You, you know what I wanted to add? I also want to add just for the listener, for anybody who doesn't regularly listen to Queer Walk, um, Nikita is always dropping us socialist knowledge. Yes. Okay. She is uh, the resident queer communist. Yes. And so you, I, we see you as somebody who has knowledge in terms of like redistribution of funds and economics and shit like that. Um, so, yes, we more than welcome your casual definition. It is better than ours. <laughs> Where, yeah, exactly. which is why you're here. Yeah. Okay, I appreciate that. Yes, so yes. I understand reparations as being, it's any form of compensation and acknowledgement and, and repair for some kind of institutional harm, right, or a set of institutional harms and oppressions. And so I feel like that's like the, if I could give like a, a quick, dirty, succinct mm -hmm. uh, definition, that's how I would understand it. Mm -hmm. And I guess, I guess for me, and Queen can talk more about this, yeah. for me, I kind of, there's been, it seems like I feel a lot of times when we talk about reparations now, because it's not something that the U.S. government is going to, it doesn't, in the, in the present day right now, yeah. is going to acknowledge for us. I feel like because we make attempts to um, settle these things on an individual level sometimes that we end up underselling ourselves and kind of allowing people to use the term to mean whatever it is that they want, want it to mean for the moment. And so I guess I kind of want to talk about like when is it appropriate to use that term and when is it not? not. Yeah, it's it's for me, I feel that 
people are using it in ways that are inappropriate for the most time, especially when I, I think that I've always thought of the definition that Nikita said. I just didn't have the verbiage for it. Mm-hmm. So if you are trying to ex- exhaust or get rid of institutional kind of um, racism in that way, you know, like or, or that kind of harm, just giving me money isn't something that is with you taking ownership in the harm and in an institutionalized kind of way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've, for me, I've been seeing it, and as a recipient of a person who has put my name in reparation groups and actually got some random white man to like send me $300 because he's like, I'm white and I feel bad, so here's some money. So participating in that, but knowing like this is weird, like something's not right here, like there's something missing mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. Your definition that you just gave gave me verbiage to what is missing. What what um, is that what, ownership okay. and then addressing the systematic institutionalized harm that has been opposed on whoever you're giving the reparations from. It seems as if people just think giving the money kind of absolves that. Mm. Um and that's the piece that is missing for me. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know what that was. I just knew I felt uncomfortable. Like this is not enough. Something's missing. But right. I didn't know what that was until you just gave that definition um to West Nikita. Right. So, um, I mean, and first, like, um, like, don't get me wrong. I'm all about a white guilt donation. No. Yeah. I took it. Same. I, I took it. Same. Like, <laughs> you, I, you would be a plum fool to not. <laughs> but like the, an individual donation that, you know, a person in a dominant group or a person in, in an, in a press or an oppressor group gives, can't be, um, equated with, uh, reparations. And I think like to, the point about it not just being about like individuals is really important. Yeah. Um, and I think like, I just saw that thing around like Portland and they had that little drinks, like giving you, like giving somebody a $10, like gin and tonic that actually really <laughs> cheapens like the, the importance and like what the fight for like reparations, um, was. And it's like that bar. I mean, of course that bar is, I'm sure it's complicit in all kinds of bullshit. Yeah. But it, when I something that I've come to realize or that I think is important is that it's a specific, it's a reparations is it's something in response to, again, a specific set of harms. Right. So like on the show, like when we talk about um, like when I did, when we did that episode during black history month, um, like it forced me to do like, even research about what the fight for reparations um, was and like yeah. the mid to late 19th century. And it was like, it was a specific redress for, um, formerly enslaved um, black folks. And that's where the whole like 40 acres and a mule came from because there was 400,000 acres of land that were supposed to be um, given um, to black folks. And an important piece is that that land was supposed to be expropriated from those who were the slave owners and then given to the people, oh. who, the people who were formerly um, enslaved. And the sad part is that like black folks actually never got that. Mm-hmm. Right? So there was a there was a redistribution of land. So that was one of the pieces. And the second part was that within you know within that within that geographic um, land within that region, then black people were supposed to have political autonomy over themselves um, as well. So it wasn't just like you know it wasn't just like a formerly like a former slave owner being like I'm gonna give you some shirts you know and some pants and some shoes. <laughs> Like it was, it was a collective expropriation of resources and land that was originally stolen, mm-hmm. right, from people who were owning, you know, owning us, and then giving it to the people who were like formerly um, enslaved. And so I think that that piece that it's 
you know, it's institutional and something that I'm always like talking about. Like if you listen to the show, like always focusing on the collective, right? Yeah. So it can't just be about giving like one from one individual white person to like one individual black person. Is again, what were the what were the specific set of institutions and players and actors that were involved in creating and benefiting from the harm, give, and then giving those resources back to, you know, the people who were um, on the receiving end of that oppression and that harm. Right. You mentioned um, the Portland drinks uh, party thing. Did you want to tell yeah. us what happened with that, Queen? So I, too, was, like, on Twitter and came across that. And I ended up in a thread between the creator of that event um, randomly, because I, I don't know how he got in my mentions, but that's besides the point. Mm-hmm. Um, his name is Cameron Witten, and he has he has the Brown Hope Foundation, okay. Brown Hope organization. So basically, what he was saying in the thread was what that was, what's, what was the event? Um, it was a ten dollar happy hour for reparations kind of thing. Okay, and. There was articles about it. There was a New York Times article. That's the one that was most popular. And it presented it as if you paid white people paying for people's drinks mm-hmm. is what it looked like. Not only was was the article, um, I think, triggering for a lot of people of color, black people in particular, but also the image of black and brown uh People holding ten dollars, smiling like this is oh I got like I got my ten I got my reparations like that that was everything's okay now right that was what was the most I think triggering for me because I'm routinely talking about and we do that here um, on Tea with Queen and Jay talking about redistribution of funds and taking your money um, taking privileged money and putting it towards Black women or putting it elsewhere so like. I'm down for free drinks, but this the the these smiling black faces holding these white ten dollars with the the label reparations on it that was that was I wasn't feeling that. Yeah, that but. was the part that for me I wasn't right. feeling either. That just made me think like, wait, what are people doing with this fucking word? You mm-hmm. know, to begin with. So like I said, I ended up in this thread, and I Cameron was basically saying that this event, event was not about drinks; it was about taking space in predominantly white places since since that part of Oregon is mostly white. So white people were not allowed to attend the event, but they were allowed to donate $10 to the event. So the Eventbrite was $10. You would feel a white person or if you're a white person, you can buy a ticket for $10, but not in 10. And then now there's these black people in this usually mostly white space. So that's what it was supposed to be. And they feel that it was marketed wrong. I still think that the, word of the use of the word reparations is just like poorly like placed like you could have did something else with that or whatever um but yeah so that's what it was supposed to be according to cameron was this black people or black black and indigenous people indigenous people taking up spaces that are usually for white people and white people paying for them to be in that space mm-hmm. um but to call it a happy hour and reparations happy hour that's for me the ill placement and ill use regardless of what they were trying to do you know what i mean yeah, I think the other piece that that's bothersome to me is that people think like the stuff that we fight for every week, dismantling white supremacist, patriarchal capitalism and which would be inclusive of reparations. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people don't believe that that's possible and real and tangible. Yes. And so um, I think that we end up settling for things like putting putting that word, which is a real heavy thing mm-hmm. that that we are like fighting to actually achieve, we end up putting it on lesser things like a happy hour on lesser thin, lesser things like a group, like, Oh, here, mm-hmm. give me $300 type of thing. Yeah. When I I'm all for a happy hour. And I do believe that we should be redistributing 
redistributing our funds to not our funds, white funds to black and brown people sending $300 paying for drinks, shit like yeah, that. But we need to be clear that that's not reparations. right because the fight for reparations is still a real and possible thing. And if we don't talk about, um, if we don't continue to talk about like, systemic and institutional reparations from the government from the u.s government if we don't continue to talk about it in that way then it never happens yeah you know what i'm saying like we need to talk about these things that a lot of times and ta-nehisi coates said this um when he was kind of doing press runs for his article the case for reparations Mm -hmm. a lot of people only think in terms of what is possible what what can you get past the government right now right like what laws can we pass so people are only thinking in this most immediate terms based on who's in power right now who are who's in the house who's in the senate right now we think in those terms instead of thinking okay what do we actually want you know what i'm saying instead of thinking about what we actually want we start thinking about okay what's going to get passed mm-hmm. which is why a lot of times people don't use words like reparations we don't go full throttle for the things yeah. that we actually need and if people like us don't go full throttle if organizers don't go full, go full throttle and talk about reparations and the things that others deem to be impossible then they never get done there was a time when the notion of slavery um in the u.s being abolished was thought of as an impossible thing you know what i'm saying like we have to talk about these things we have to talk about the impossible as if they are possible you know you literally just stole my point girl i ain't got nothing to contribute (laughs) tell Uh, us tell us no that is exactly what i was about to say like one of my favorite chants like from like protests and stuff is like, we are unstoppable. Another world is possible. Mm -hmm. And it's like, and it only seems like you, I mean, just like Jay was saying, it only seems impossible until you actually get it. Right. So, you know, um, like, I mean, I was literally just about to use that example, like 1865. I mean, slavery had been, um, you know, it it was at its peak, you know, at full force for like what, 200 years, you know, by then. And I'm sure that last generation of enslaved people, their, you know, their parents and their grandparents had never thought that this, you know, this vile barbaric system of bondage would ever come to an end. And yet, you know, that happened. Yeah. And, um, like just to um, put it another way, it's not even about, I mean, it is about, you know, that's the job of an organizer. It's not just a say, what is it that we want? But the reality is, is that what the fuck is it that we deserve? And I think that that's what's so, that's what is so like infuriating about that event. Having the event is fine, but like $10, even if like 20 <laughs> yeah. gave $10, the, the mass levels of expropriation that have happened. I mean, that's in the trillions, yeah, right? Exactly. And so a $10 bill, like it's really a slap in the face. And um, I guess, like, another um, thing that I wanted to uh, point out was that in, um, I think it was 1825, um, so this is, like, 21 years after Haiti, you know, wins its fights, you know, valiantly, like, for its independence, France tried to make, no, they didn't try, they made Haiti pay, I think in today's dollars, it's, like, $90 million. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. And so for a long time, so in 2003, Jean, uh, Jean-Paul Aristide or Jean-Bertrand Aristide presented them with the bill. Right. And said that this is what you owed. Right. And there's there's no amount of um, this is what France owes to the nation of Haiti. And it you know it speaks to the fact that um, that kind of long ranging, you know, long standing like devastation 
over the course of what, 200 years? Like to think that a $10 bill Mm-hmm. For an yeah. amaretto sour, <laughs> <laughs> and that's the work drinks to get. Like, what the hell gets that Kool Aid ass? I drink? do. It's delicious. That's a Kool Aid. Get, get some Kool Aid. Drag me. We yeah. You you were um you will be summarily dragged. <laughs> <laughs> but again, like that's what like I think that that's offensive. Like I mean, and again, it's, it pales in comparison to like what we actually um deserve. And going back to the point, just the point that I wanted to make about um. Like organizing a fighting to get what it is that we want. Like on when we did our show, I brought up the um, the organizing that had happened in Chicago around the John Burge. Yeah, um, yeah. Systems. And it was like there's nobody like, and I think like the nihilism and the defeatism that people have is like, oh, we're never mm. gonna get it, right? Tell it. But it's like it's only once people come together and say, this is what we want and this is what we deserve and this is how we're going to marshal our resources and our power to get it. That's when we actually win. Do you know what I'm saying? So about the John Burge torture victims, I mean, Mm -hmm. for 20 years, this um, lieutenant or captain or whatever high-ranking piece of racist uh, garbage he was, Mm -hmm. was literally torturing people um, in Chicago. And it was in this it was in this place, and it, I think it was like some some building that was in the neighborhood, and people in the neighborhood said that they could literally hear the screams of people being tortured um, in this in this building um, in Chicago by people by John Burge and you know his little uh, white supremacist cop foot yeah. soldier. When was this again, please? Where? When, when? When? Oh, this was. It happened over the course of twenty years, from like the eighties. Somewhere, like, I think, the beginning of the 80s to, like, the early um, 2000s. Wow. So this was happening, again, for 20 years. And so what they won, uh, which was, and again, you know, the the people in power are not, they don't do anything out of the kindness of their hearts. It's only when, you know, pressure is applied when they actually give us um, the things that we actually um, deserve, right? So nobody's going to give us anything uh, because it's not in their interest to do so. But so they got... $100,000 for the victims of the uh, people who were tortured uh, by uh, the folks in this dude's administration. They got, um, there. there's a section in that the, the Chicago public schools curriculum that says that they have to teach students about the, the torture that was happening. Okay. And then there's also, hold on, let me, uh, let me flip through my notes real quick so I can make sure I get this right. <laughs> Well, those oh, are little, yeah, so it's, little, it's literal notes, like on a paper. <laughs> yeah, that's got to come correct. <laughs> so, there's public recognition of the torture through the curriculum and through memorials. And this is also important, is that they also um, were forced to give some kind of recovery services for victims mm. and their families. So free tuition to any of the city colleges um, in Chicago, uh, free job placement programs, mental health services, and, you know, the financial funds. So it's like this, the city of Chicago would not have done that unless, you know, young black organizers in Chicago were leading that fight for reparations for victims of police torture. Yeah. Right. And then you also like the, the way you broke it down there, there are several layers to the reparations. Yes. You know what I mean? It's not just, Oh, here's a bunch of money. Like in some of my research, I, I saw that there were, there are five categories or one theory is that there are five categories of reparations. So there's restitution, compensation, rehabilitation, satisfaction, 
satisfaction and guarantees of non-repetition. So those manifest themselves in a bunch of different ways and they don't necessarily happen um, in isolation of one another. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's more than just, oh, give me a bunch of money, you know, to, I don't know, do whatever. Yeah, it's not just money. It's also services. And I think that's the part that is missing when people are in these um, reparations groups or having fucking happy hours we're not talking about the services also that people should be afforded um, due to systematic institutionalized racism and oppression, you know? Um, you mentioned in the episode that we keep referring to, that's episode 34 of the Queer Walk podcast, you referenced, uh, um, I think it was a bill that cannot be passed and the bill is only about research, it's not even about actual reparations. Oh, yes. Yeah. So for the last, again... 20 years, mm-hmm. this, I mean, 25 years. I mean, this shit is ridiculous. So there's um, a representative in the, at the federal level in Congress, John Conyers, and every year for the past 25 years, he introduces um, House Resolution 40. And again, it's just calling for a study into the effects of slavery um, and, you know, putting forward potential recommendations. Mm-hmm. So it's not talking about any kind of distribution of funds. It's not calling for any kind of action, just a study to try to figure out the scope of what reparations or like not even what reparations, but also what the, what the scope and the lasting in, like impacts of slavery um, have been. And like that, it can't even make it to the floor. So it wow. can't even come to a vote again, just to, just to study, just do a, li- a little bit of research, mm-hmm. right? And that's how, um, like, that's that's just how much, like... The federal the government US... won't touch reparations. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So this is a, a point that I wanted um, to make, and I think I might have made it on the episode, I don't remember, but how I grew up always hearing about reparations was, and it's very connected to, like, the idea, the fact that the U.S. is a very, like, individualized kind of country, right? Mm-hmm. We're all about the individual. And I remember people thought it was so ridiculous. I, and even I believed it. They were like, oh, well, well, you just going to give a check to every black person? How you going to do that, right? And then, like... <laughs> you said it in the right <laughs> voice, too. How you going to do that? <laughs> right? And it's like... But the thing that, like, really, like, totally transformed how I thought about it is that it's like black people as individuals, obviously you know, are not just impacted, right? It's like black, it's whole black communities that have been on the receiving end of like decimation and annihilation and deprivation for like, you know, the past 400 years. So how is it, how can reparations be, um, you know, be be given out at the, at the, at the level of the, at, of the collective, right? At mm-hmm. the, at the level of community. Right. And that I remember when I when someone like posed that to me, I was like, oh, like that that actually makes um that actually makes, you know, far more sense. Right. And and, and the important thing about that is that systematic um like redistribution is also more important for like the long term. Yeah. Like you could cut me a check for like, you know, a hundred thousand dollars, but that doesn't do anything for like my arguably that doesn't do anything for like my future children you know, the, you know, and the children and the generations like beyond me. And it doesn't do anything to make, um, to begin to even make communities whole. Right. And I feel like that's like an important piece. Cause like whenever I heard 
I, again, whenever I heard about reparations, as like a young person, you're just like, oh, uh, so you just gonna give everybody an individual check? And it's like, no, it's like that shows how limited our imaginations, you know, can be about how you know communities can be repaired and begin to made whole. Mm-hmm. Um, so Cynthia Nixon, who is formerly of Sex in the City, but is currently running for governor in New York. Recently, they were talking about cannabis legalization of marijuana in New York. And she got in trouble for mentioning reparations when she said arresting people, particularly people of color for cannabis, is the crown jewel in the racist war on drugs. And we must pluck it down, which I totally agree with. We must prioritize them in terms of licenses. It's a form of reparations. Um, So that I mean, she got in trouble by a lot of black folks who are kind of feeling the same way that we're feeling about it, that you can't just kind of throw that word around. And I definitely agree with her. And to me, that, again, is like redistribution of funds and opportunity. Um, I agree with her that people of color should be put at the front of that list for being um, licensed to be marijuana sellers and whatnot. Um, But, yeah, I wouldn't I also would not call that reparations. Yeah, like, it doesn't take much to just say redistribution of funds or, like, remedying the mistake we made before. Like, you can say those things. Like, you don't have to just throw out the word reparations, but it seems that lots of people are doing. I just don't want the weight of that word um, to become something light, you know? Mm-hmm. I also feel like there's a lack of understanding. Like, there are people who are already, there are people who are triggered by the term reparations because white people don't want to give up power or anything, and there's this mis- uh, there's this notion of fairness that fairness exists and it doesn't it doesn't exist in this society and it doesn't exist um, when you live in a white supremacist society so that notion that oh people are going to come and try and take from me mm-hmm. and that's not fair oh but also I think using language like redistribution of funds it makes white people uncomfortable it makes a lot of people uncomfortable so I think sometimes people find it easier to say reparations since it's already the language that's like you know people have some understanding of what it is whether they hate it or not um I don't know I I wish that we could broaden the language on that and find ways to I think a lot of times people are trying to find ways to speak to white people I think I feel like the word reparations though in the U.S you just see a black person. Mm-hmm. Um, and we already know how imagery of black people are tied to certain words to make you not be about it. So I think using language like redistribution of funds is less scary than the word reparations because mm-hmm. you just think of a black person when you mm-hmm. think of reparations. Mm-hmm. Um, so it makes sense to me for people to start using different language um, so that it's not always tied to giving black people money, even though that's what the fuck we want. But you know what I, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it's a, be, it'll be a different way to to market it or whatever, I guess, if you wanted to think of it in that way. Because they hear reparations and they think of the niggers. And, you know. Mm-hmm. Whoa, the niggers! <laughs> and I feel like that's exactly how meetings in the, um, in like that halls of power go, oh, all the niggers! <laughs> <laughs> but actually when, um, so in preparation, like, uh, to being on the show, like, it, y'all made me, um, like what y'all are getting at right now is something I started to think about um, in preparation for the show. Mm-hmm. So I feel like there's um, there's a little bit of a tension here. So 
one, um, I think it does make sense to talk about a sort of reparations. And again, in my definition, when I talked about reparations, it's, you know, some kind of institutional um, compensation or repair for a specific set of harms. Mm -hmm. And so I think that there should be some reparations specifically for, you know, the victims of the war on drugs. Yeah. Right. Um, I think that um, I'm not creative at this point. At, to figure out what those um, what those concretely should look like, but um, you know if there if there are going to be opening up of dispensaries, you know by all means, black people, you know, black and brown people should you know be at the head of that line. We should have some kind of quotas, 50, 80 percent. You know that that should the amount of people that have been locked up and had their lives decimated by uh, the drug war should be the the amount of people should be the percentage that we uh, that we get in terms of these licenses. Um, I think that the um, the second thing, and they're mm-hmm. already starting to do something like that in California. Yeah, and they are. And under the guise of. Uh, the reparations uh, for war on drugs. Mm-hmm. But I think the tension here is how can we make sense of when is it a specific call for um, reparations and then when is it just a broad broad demand for racial, economic, um, racial and economic justice, right? So the fact that, because um, I went back to look at the Movement for Black Lives their platform around reparations Mm -hmm. and their platform is basically all of the things that are like a part of a good uh, progressive policy. So like supporting the $15 minimum wage. So black people should have access uh, to, um, you know, a living wage. Um, You know, black people should have access to um, what is it? Universal um, healthcare, healthcare and also universal, like public um, education okay. and um so like K through all the way through um higher ed mm-hmm. right and then um what else um they also had something in there about including you know the history of slavery and like systemic racism yeah and like public school curriculum um that kind of thing but it's like again those are all things that we support um broadly or actually you know those are all things that I support and it's like but it's not it's not exactly clear that that is, that's actually not, so redistribution of wealth, which is something that should happen and it should happen, you know, arguably um, along, you know, you know, particular lines of like, of who's oppressed in society. But that is, that's not the redistribution is actually not the same thing as reparation. And I think it's really difficult to try to like disentangle um, the two. Gotcha. I don't know if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. No, it does. It does. What What would you say the difference is? So again, like reparations is something specific to um, for like a specific harm, Got right? It. So the war on drugs would mean that, okay, there's this booming. Um, obviously now because of uh, legalization of marijuana, there's going to be this booming industry, right? There already is starting to be this booming industry, and black people and brown people should be able to um, enjoy the fruits of this booming industry. Right. So there's that. And then um, um, you had those five those five words. So that would that would arguably be um, the compensation. And then, of course, there's the acknowledgement. So, like, how could it be? How could that be um, acknowledged publicly? And what were the other things? Restitution, compensation, rehabilitation, satisfaction and guarantees of non-repetition. So, like, it'll never happen again type thing. Right. 
So I feel like all of those things, so we could imagine all of that happening within like the specifics, specifically within like the, um, you know, this, within talking about the war on drugs. So specifically there should be restitution, not just for, um, you know, the families and the people who have been, um, you know, locked away and thrown um, into prisons, but also for them and their um, families. Um, and then also something that I think is interesting that Cynthia Nixon didn't talk about is, um, so back in 2014, um, there was another gubernatorial candidate for the Green Party, um, Howie Hawkins, and his running mate, Brian Jones, um, they had this, one of their demands around, um, like, they framed it as reparations for the war on drugs, is that um, people need to be freed from prison. Like, people yeah. who are mm-hmm. locked up and thrown away, sh- you know, in, in the barbaric system of the punitive carceral state should, at, if nothing else, they, they should at least have their freedom, right? And so, again, those are all things that I think are specific to, like, the... Um, to like the war on drugs. Oh, also then people who should be, so I guess like the tension then becomes, we should say those folks should also have um, access to, like they should be moved arguably to the quote unquote front of the line for uh, higher higher education. But if the general broad demand is for um, public high, you know, universal education for everybody, then it, then on some level you could say it's, it ceases to be a specific reparation for that one injustice, and then it's just a broader demand for um, racial and economic justice, like broadly. I mean, again, we support mm-hmm. it, but it's like, when, so how do we make sense of that? Yes, again, going back and forth between the specific and then like these broad demands for right. justice. I was just gonna say that I don't have um, the answer, but it's a tension that I see there, and I, it's not necessarily clear to me how to resolve that tension. Right. Well, you kind of answered my question a little bit because I, I was going to say, and I, and I do believe it's important, but I guess what, what is the importance or why is it still important to do things like redistribution of funds or like to do things like um, pay black women, yeah. donate to black women, or, or to even have, have uh, this event that they had in Portland where you are taking up space as a person of color mm-hmm. and white people are paying for that, which I think is important, but I, again, think the way it was framed the was, was definitely problematic. Was good, yeah. Um, but yeah, why is it important that we continue to do things like redistribution of funds, whether no matter how small or how big or whatever? What do you guys think? Well, okay, so... All right, you know I'm about to put on my little uh, black Marxist feminist hat. Oh, okay, oh, we, here re- we go. We ready? Here we go. All I right. got my dark lipstick on. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I think first and foremost, um, anytime you talk about, um, like, one of the the first things to understand specifically about capitalism is that all all labor and all wealth under capitalism is expropriated. It's like it's stolen from us, right? The fact that people um, have to work for a living or are expected to work, and then the value and the yeah the value that you produce um, for for your boss is like that stolen labor, right? I mean, it's not obviously it's not the same thing as being considered property. It's not the same thing as being um, yeah chattel slavery. But under capitalism, all wealth is um, stolen. Right. So even when we talk about redistribution, I think that we have to push, we have to think about it on like a larger scale. Right. And so it's not just about the things that like, um, 
Like these, like the, this event at this bar. Great. I think if they want to do that, you know, you know, it's, I imagine it was on like a Friday, Saturday, whatever, whatever evening it was. I, mean, I ain't going to turn down no free drink. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> right. But we have to think about it again, like we were saying earlier, broadly in terms of like institutions and systems. And y'all mentioned, um, that piece uh, from Ta-Nehisi Coates and like in that really long in that long form piece, he's really going into detail about how uh, black people were systematically excluded yeah. from home ownership, mm-hmm. right? And so it's like there's there's not enough there's not enough uh, happy hours in the world that can address black people having not having a fair access to housing. Do you yeah. know what I mean? So mm-hmm. that's that's a redistribution of wealth that has to happen at like at some of the highest echelons of of power of society, right? And then when you talk about um, again going back to the idea of um, oh no no I was going to say the living wage, but let's go back to talk about like the level of like the city or like the community. I, I live in upstate New York in Syracuse and I have been cussing every day that I have been driving because the potholes in this city are uh-huh. out of fucking pages. Yeah. I, it feels like I'm about to go into a whole fourth dimension. They're not, <laughs> they're not cute in New York City either. So I mean, And the reason Jay why... Jay had a bumpy Uber ride here. That yeah, I'm still sick from it. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, I'm trying to go somewhere. I didn't, like my drive to go somewhere should not feel like I'm on a ride at Six Flags. <laughs> you know what I mean? And like, the reason why the potholes in uh, Syracuse are so outrageous and so like terrible is because the city has basically been starved of funds because what happens, what has happened here, which has happened in other places, is the tax base, so it's a lot of like um, like middle-class and uh, white professionals who live on the outskirts of town, so who have totally sucked like a, a, a viable tax base from the city. So the city has no money, mm-hmm. right? Or it doesn't want to tax, or it's a city that has no problem giving tax breaks to um, uh, these real estate developers who are going to build all this shit that no poor black folks or brown folks or even poor white folks can access in the city. But again, these are millionaires, billionaires building all these fancy luxury condos and all that kind of stuff, but they don't have to pay, you know, the taxes. So city, so the city can have good schools. So the city can have um, good streets, you know, just again, just so I don't have to pretend like I'm at six flags or fucking uh, (laughs) King's dominion on my way. (laughs) It's it's at that level. Yeah. um, We need to be talking about um, redistribution of um, wealth. And a ripple effects and a ripple effects of redistribution. So like I'm going back to where you said that um how it was systematic that black people in America could not own homes and how that was, you know, just like a thing. And it makes me think of podcast friend Brunch and Budget and they say one of the ways to get to wealth is by home ownership. So that ripple effect of not allowing us that one thing resulted in lots of other things um, as far as opportunity of wealth for black people here in the United States. Yeah. And I think that's, for me, that's why that part was always offensive. I didn't have the language for it, is that we're not talking about the harm. Like, there's huge amount of harm, um, and you just giving me that little $10 for a drink or whatever – is not really talking about everything. Like, yes, I'm going to drink the drink because I deserve it. I had a hard black ass day. But right. 
let's talk about these other stuff. Let's address all of this other shit um, that's happening and going on, you know? Something that um, I wanted to, like, just to really, like, kind of, like, paint a very clear picture about what redistribution of, like, wealth means. The One of the large, I think the largest private employer of Black people in the U.S. is Walmart. Mm. Oh, wow. And you think about... It's not a great place to work. Think exactly. Think about the poverty wages <laughs> yeah. at Walmart. Think about the fact that Walmart will have you working 38, 39 hours so you're not, so they won't make you full time so you don't get access to uh, any health, kind of benefits. healthcare. Yeah. Right. But again, this is one of the, it's, I mean, what is it? It's got to be in the billions right now. This is a huge, huge um, company, right? And they can afford, they can afford yep. to pay workers a living wage. Mm-hmm. And again, it's predominantly black and they can, afford to make it so that their uh workers have um like good good benefits right but it's not they've they've never well i mean they people have been organizing but they the the level of organization has not materialized so that they've actually been forced to bend to give again to give to redistribute the wealth that the workers themselves create yeah workers are not able to enjoy in the fruits um, of their labor. And so like, that's really important. And the other thing that I wanted to say about um, just like redistribution and specifically thinking about like companies like Walmart is that the extra money that they do have, the, 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 the hordes of money that they have, they then use it to influence politics, to then, to put forth like regressive, yeah. Uh, economic, racial, and other social policies, right? Further eroding the living conditions of not not just, like, everybody, but specifically, like, of, like, black folks um, and other, like, poor folks and brown folks, you know, queer folks and that kind of thing, like, yeah. in society. So can I still get money from white people, like, on a personal, individual level? Is that Okay. Can you still get money from white people? Is it is it okay to breathe? I mean, Jay, what? <laughs> Listen, I know the answer. I just wanted to hear educated ass bitch say it, okay? So, regardless of your answer, I was going to take it. I was it. still about to get this this white money cuz I'll take the money. I just wanted to white hear white money, men money, I take it. I just wanted to hear from our resident expert uh, <laughs> that that was okay. And I was the- I was socialist correspondent. <laughs> Nikita. Oh God! I feel like I need a mic right now, <laughs> <laughs> straight from the socialist headquarters. <laughs> uh, I was there was that study from a while ago, and it said that like the black women's median wealth was like five dollars. Y'all remember that? Mm-hmm. I think that was from oh like two thousand ten. Wow. I mean, I didn't need this. Study wait, wait. Say that again. Say I think I'm gonna say that again. The median wealth for black women is five dollars. So what? Like I know. Up. I'm like, I'm doing what? Five dollars? Five, Amer- five American dollars? About five dollars. I knew that already from personal experience from looking at my bank. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That is crazy. Yeah, so that's, that's, that's kind of, that's why we always do our pay, pay black, black women, women, which is focused on black and indigenous women. Yeah. So that's pretty much how we roll over here is give black women, give black people your money. And um, do 
on a personal level, their white privilege, male privilege, those things exist. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Period. Sure. Regardless to what the government is going to do when they get to it or whatever, these things exist. And so I do think that doing things on a personal level is helpful. Let's just not call it reparations. Yes. Everybody right. relax on that shit. Yes. Relax on that. Fall back on that. Fall back. Um, Speaking of that, there is a website. So this is our, we're going to do our pay black women right quick. There's a website that was started. It is called reparations, but it's reparations me that was started by natasha marin i hope i'm pronouncing her last name correctly but she is a conceptual artist working across disciplines and media to collaborate with people to create opportunities for meaningful in real life and digital engagement um and basically that website connects uh white donors and others who consider themselves in a, a position of privilege it connects them with people with with certain requests right so you can go in there and say hey I need $30 for this, that, and a third, or I'm $6,000 away from buying a home or whatever. I have, I have medical bills. And so it Mm -hmm. makes connections. So, so far, like over a hundred needs have been met. So that's been happening since um, 2016. That started out as like an experimental project on Facebook. And so that's something tangible that you can get involved in if you are somebody who wants to participate in, um, what, what, do I, what do I call this? Donations. Donations. <laughs> yes. If you want to donate your money to other motherfuckers who need your money. Probably yeah, more, more you than just, you do. I mean, I think you could also just call it... Um... Like either collective or like mutual support. Like yes. Yes. look at you with the words. Come through with the language. So I got excited. Y'all matter too much. <laughs> okay. I like that shit. Yes. Um, so we'll leave the link to that in the show notes. Um, definitely support that project if you are able. Or if you're somebody who needs some shit, yo, put what you need in put, there. Put what you need in put there. Put what you need in I'm there. I'm good at putting what I need. That's how I got that $300. I see something. I'll be like, whoop. Mm-hmm. Put my name in that pot. You, you got to hop on it. Nikita, thank you so much. Is there anything that you want to add? I might. I just want to reiterate mm-hmm. this point. Yes. Can I do that? Do yeah, it. do it. So the only thing that I wanted to say is that, um, like, this conversation around like, like individual uh, support and individual giving, is that you think about somebody like a Bill Gates, right? Who Bill Gates and Mark Zuckerberg and all these other people, they have no problem giving to charity you know what i mean like they, they don't have no problem and they and they love to give little black kids in africa little black brown kids in yeah. chicago and that kind of thing but they so they have no problem doing that but if we fundamentally got rid of the structures that gave them their wealth in the first place they would they would go berserk yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, it's always because there's um, I'm not going to put them on blast, but there's this other um, this nonprofit that says that's supposed to like connect wealthy like millennials or like wealthy young people to like supporting um, organizing, um, you know, specific nonprofits of like low wage folks and like people of color. And it's like that's important, but it never gets at the root of where wealth comes from. And like I said earlier, mm-hmm. we understand the all wealth um, is, um, like expropriated and stolen. And yeah. just, the, I always say this, I do some queer rock too, but this really isn't going to be my last thing. That's okay. Y'all go. But I, there's a study from, uh, William Darity 
and Derek Hamilton, two black economists. So they put out this really groundbreaking um, study. It's like 60 pages. And they talked about why black people don't have like the same access um, to wealth um, like as like white folks. And one of the things that they mentioned, and because they talk, they talk a lot about like entrepreneur uh, entrepreneurship. And one of the things that I thought was really striking in that study is that they talked, they mentioned that um, what's that fool's name? Jeff uh, Bezos, Bezos, whatever the fuck, with Amazon. You sound like right? such an auntie. What's that <laughs> fool's name? <laughs> y'all, y'all know I'm like 29, going on a good 50. Oh, it's so funny. Um, but so, I mean, first of all, we've heard about the like the really brutal uh, labor practices at um, like Amazon, like people not just at like the the corporate level, but also like in the warehouses. I mean, it's really hot. People are passing out. And there's like there's a lot of like surveillance and control of workers like you have to do like you have to like pack X amount of boxes and like a certain amount of, uh, you know, time. I mean, it's just really, 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 really uh, brutal. And so, again, I mean. That's, I mean, that's like pure rank exploitation. But also before he even, when he started his, um, his company, Amazon, he got a personal loan from his family of $300,000 to start his business. And it's like, how many black people, you know, can be like, mama, you gonna give me six figures to go ahead and start my business up? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Right. And it's like that just so he's he's already come from a family, you know, and a line of like wealth and yeah. privilege that we just don't have access to. So this idea that um like even and I think if black people want to start businesses, that's great. But it's like even in terms of like starting businesses and creating like creating wealth in that way, it's like we just don't have the same, like, access yeah. to resources. It's like Martin Luther King said, like, you keep telling us to pull our bootstraps, but, like, we don't got no fucking boots. Like We don't got the boots. <laughs> right. And so, again, I just feel like it just it's always important to point out, oh, okay, the, the last reading suggestion I'll give is called Black Awakening in Capitalist America by Robert L. Allen. He wrote the book in 1969, but the shit feels, I mean, you would read it today, and it would feel like he's talking about now. And one of the things that he stresses in that is like, even if a black, like an individual black person is able to garner, you know, is to be able to beat the odds and be able to access and gain a certain level of wealth, that individual black person's wealth is no substitute and it can't translate into widespread like black collective and communal wealth, which is again, going back to the point about why wealth um, and society has to be um, redistrib- like redistributed. So are you saying that because Jay-Z is rich, right, that that has nothing to do with me and my wealth, right? I'm about to say... Because <laughs> people like to, like, well, you know, Jay-Z and Beyonce, you know, like, people like to do that as if we've made it because there are certain rich black people that exist in the Americas, and it's like, nah, that doesn't mean anything. They Right, they act like if, like, because um, Beyonce and Jay-Z's, like, wealth is going up, somehow I see a rise in my bank account. <laughs> I check my bank account every day, and ain't, ain't, ain't no new balances up in there. Yeah, mine either. Yours, Jay? No. <laughs> my, my bank account is, <laughs> is exactly. dry. It is dry and ashy. 
Absolutely. I think I saw a tumbleweed fly across <laughs> my the other day. You absolutely did. You did. Yeah. Nikita, yo, thank you so much for finally being on our show. Yes. We've been uh, begging you to come, and you know, you declined us several times. <laughs> oh, and we're oh, glad. No, we know you're busy. We know you're busy protesting and interviewing, um, you know, our black uh, womanist luminaries. Yeah. Um, but thank you for coming down and talking to us. We yes, appreciate please you. tell our listeners where they can find you, where they can find your podcast and all the good things. Oh, well, first of all, thank you all so much um, for having me. It's so great to have you all in the podcast community. You yes. know, me and Money just love you all so much. We love you all too. Y'all, uh, the listeners can find us on Twitter at Queer Walk Pod. Um, you can find us on Instagram at the same. And we're also on Facebook, Queer Walk, colon, the podcast. And you can also just shoot us an email at QueerWalkPod at gmail.com. Yeah. Oh, let me just say. Yes. I'm sorry. You can find us individually. Uh, you can find money at melanated underscore money and you can find me at afro blazing guns on twitter instagram and all that other good stuff cool cool and your podcast where's your podcast where can i listen to it you can listen to it on soundcloud on itunes on stitcher and on google play okay yeah yeah are you going to be speaking or organizing or working on an oil rig or anything anytime soon I'm not going to entertain uh, these little <laughs> quips. About the I do not work on an oil rig anymore. No, I never have. But oh, okay. I have a job uh, coming up, so I will be on the proverbial oil rig in the next two weeks. Cool. Um, I'm still going to be like active and involved uh, with the worker center. We have a lot going on there. You know, supporting immigrants, especially in this like really tumultuous and terrible time, you know, mm-hmm. with the attacks on immigrants. So, oh yeah, bitch still going to be busy doing stuff. <laughs> ow, ow. Well, thank you so much, Nikita. We will probably see you soon or talk to you in the group chat yeah. probably in the next 40 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> see y'all in the group chat. Ow. All right. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye. All right, bye. Money, 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 money. <laughs> money. Hey, do you know what this year is? Um, what's this year? Well, it's 2018, but do you know what 2018 is all about? What every year is all about? Yeah, but like giving black women your money. Yes, give black women your money. Hashtag pay black women, yo. Okay, okay. So So. how do they give black women their money? Well, they can start by giving us their money. Oh yes, yes. We do this dope ass women's race nerd podcast every motherfucking every week. Sometimes and, twice um, a week. Yeah, yo. <laughs> and we could use your loving motherfucking donations. Um, we definitely can. Absolutely. So how can you do that? You can go to our website. Yo. TeamWithQueenAndJay.com. Hit that donate tab. Mm-hmm. We have two options there. So two! Can, two! You become a patron or you can just donate through PayPal. Yo. You choose. We mm-hmm. give you a choice. That's right. On how you give us money. That's right. If you want to donate via Patreon, we're asking all of our listeners to break us off $2 a month. That's $24 a year. And if everybody who listens does that shit, we will have everything that we need to do everything we want to do for this podcast. Everything. And if you love us so much that you want to break us off a one-time donation, a multiple-time donation, or if you don't like the the once-a-month kind of system, you can go to our PayPal and give us any amount of money. We will take that shit. We will love that shit. We will appreciate that we shit. We will use that shit. That's right. So once again, teawithqueenandj.com. Hit the donate tab and choose your donation method of choice. Oh my God, we're going to get money. Again! <laughs> All the time. Yes.
So we took care of, that was our news that's not news. We yes. covered reparations. We took care of our paid black women. Make sure you all check out um, yeah. www.reparations.me. We did that shit. Um, and now I have a motherfucking moment in black hair. Moments in black hair. That's right. So, our moment in black hair segment is a segment where Jay and I just noticed that we always end up having these hair conversations. So, we decided to make a segment about it. So, we either talk about um, our interaction with our hair in the world or we just um, bring up other situations. So, this mm-hmm. is where we highlight black hair, good things, and the bad because you know y'all be fucking with us. So, yep. here is Moments in Black Hell. That's right. So I'm basically I'm reading this article from a NBC news station in New Orleans, and I was hoping at the end of this there'd be some fucking resolve. But really, this is just for me. It's just an angry ass story mm-hmm. about um just being a black woman with fucking black hair. So a former nursing student at the University of Holy Cross says she felt forced to leave her program because of her natural hair. Jane Payadu. I hope I'm saying that correctly, mm-hmm. had a dream of becoming a nurse and she spent the past few years taking classes. She started clinical rotations in January and now she has, and now she's not sure what the future holds. She says she doesn't want women to go through what she has gone through. Basically part of the university's hair policy states that when in lab coat or uniform, hair must be quote neat and not extend below the bottom of the collar of the lab coat or uniform. Therefore long hair must be secured above the collar off the neck and shoulders and appropriately contained. That's another buzzword. So this whole neat and then a quote appropriately contained at the back of the head. If the hair is put up, the hair may not be higher than four inches. Um, Hair must be clean with the appearance of being shampooed regularly. That's another like there's like a lot of coded language in there that doesn't apply to um, kinky textured hair. Like the understanding of like what is neat hair, the understanding of what long hair looks like yes. and what it does and like And also what shampooing your hair regularly yes. means. That's yes. something completely different for people with different textures mm-hmm. hair. Mm-hmm. I'm not washing my hair every day. Yep. Payadu said the day of the white coat ceremony, which I think uh was February So they did this in Black History Month? Of course. Oh. Of course. Okay. She was told her hair was too big and she needed to quote fix it. Um, that is broken it's broken of course mm-hmm. after a few meetings with the university provost and structures and the head of the department Payadu said she was given two options are you ready for this funky bullshit taking a breath mm-hmm. I'm, yeah, I'm gonna take a sip of tea right quick okay the provost said she could stay sign a contract attend counseling sessions and and be pra- placed on probation okay or she could leave the university without penalty. So this is after taking all her classes. So she'd been in her classes. She'd been doing this with her natural hair as is. The but other, it's not until the white coat situation. Right. But it makes no sense because, like, the her hair is not going to mess up any of her nurse duties. Right. It's really all about image you know Mm -hmm. like or this systematic racist type of image that they're trying to portray like Mm -hmm. it is not gonna do anything about her performance at all right so it's just like y'all need to understand that whatever code of look that you want that Mm -hmm. you were basically wanting just white women or white people to look like um i mean basically just wanting to allow white people this space Mm -hmm. obviously because those parameters don't allow for me to be there with my big ass hair um just shows that it's outdated. Yeah. Get rid of that shit. Yeah. Like that's and I don't counsel. What is she 
gonna be counseled i don't know my other question is like the the so then there's cornrows which a lot of people that that's another thing but her hair if you see the picture of her hair it's mm -hmm. when it's up it's longer than four inches if she does cornrows it's going to be longer than whatever that length right. thing they said anyway right. it would have to be that's the other thing right if, if she did do cornrows it would have to be a very specific style mm -hmm. she'd have to do like a cornrow bun yeah or some shit and that's and the who, only that's a lot of lengths that's a lot of work yes labor and are you paying for her to get her hair braided hello exactly exactly and then how long does it have to stay like that that's not like that's the other thing that's with like dead ass a black tax yeah exactly because it doesn't it doesn't take she... it doesn't take our texture into account right because mm -hmm. we're in white textured hair or very straight textured hair you could put it in a bun however they want it that day and the next day or later that afternoon wear it however she would have to cornrow her hair mm -hmm. and leave it for god knows how long for how long or some people might just say why don't she just why doesn't she just cut it oh like, yeah right black women That's we don't so just easy. be cutting our hair white women don't just be cutting their i know hair. that yeah. but like because they try to do the just hair shit right, with us yes no we it's don't just not, be cutting our hair that's not the case it's like, very different no yeah. it is it's very different yeah. so no you can't just throw those little um loose easy oh you know why don't you yeah. just do this why it's don't you just easy, do that breezy. go fuck yourself no um if i didn't she says if i didn't withdraw from the program and i signed that contract and they found one reason to expel me from the program that meant i would not be allowed to enroll in another nursing program oh in the state of louisiana for five years the fuck these are not options they're not yeah Payadu decided to leave and now she's asking the university to adjust its policy i'm really concerned about making things different for all black women all women of color who are constantly being told the way they were born is not appropriate or not professional mm -hmm. tell it the universe here these motherfuckers go the university sent a statement saying wait the, wait let me take a sip of tea please me too the University of Holy Cross expects all of its students while doing their clinical rotations at various hospitals throughout the New Orleans area to comply with Holy Cross's rules and regulations. Those rules and regulations take into account those of the hospitals where its students perform their clinical rotations. The hair rule about which a nursing student complained is for the safety of the nursing students. Period. Nigga, where's the rest of that statement? Yeah. Where's the rest? Where's mm -hmm. the where's the rest that says that this this hair rule takes into account the different the varying hair textures yeah. and experiences of women and all people or whatever the fuck? Where's the rest of this? Yeah. And what are the, what what fucking safety? What the fuck? As a, I I want I want to know. What are, what, what As a fuck? person who was in school to do um, that's right come with your work. nerd shit like, come with it what i i don't understand and yeah. it, and it's fucking ridiculous because she had this hair all that time but as soon as she got to her clinical rotation now it's a problem it's mm -hmm. like you saw this person all this time was taking all her money and it was no problem and doing all this shit and didn't have this conversation with her even though i think the conversation would be faulty beginning or end yeah but you let her you took all her money all that mm -hmm. time, and then it was like, skirt, now that you're going to be outside in the world and those the clinics and the hospitals mm -hmm. um, representing us, mm -hmm. we don't we don't want you representing us looking like that. Yeah. So fix it. It's just it's just gross. Mm -hmm. It's disgusting. Was this covered on Grey's Anatomy? This needs to oh, be I'm like, I don't brought watch, up. I have no idea. I don't Somebody watch that show. And it's like, it makes TV. me worry because I did drop out during the beginning of my clinical year, so mm -hmm. none of this question, none of this was happening. Yeah. And I do have the I, I live in new york mm -hmm. um so it's a bit different but it's just like whoa like mm -hmm. why does my hair matter yeah why does it fucking matter and if it's just hair then that means it doesn't fucking matter right. what my hair looks like right and i could just do whatever the fuck i want to do if it was really just hair mm -hmm. 
<sighs> but it's not. It's still not. It's still not. It also kind of made me think about. This is almost super random. Sorry, you guys. I'm letting you into my mind. But you know how people talk about shea butter Twitter? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And like natural hair conversations tend to get lumped into this concept of shea butter Twitter, which yeah. I also never hear shea butter Twitter or natural hair Twitter referred to in like a positive light. Yeah, it's exactly. usually like we're being extra over mm-hmm. the top or whatever. Like this is one of the conversations that's like so it's so important. It's important to all of us because mm-hmm. this, this is a black issue. This is not just about black women. Yeah, this is a black issue. All of our hair black men y'all get a haircut a season whatever the fuck y'all do when some of you grow your hair long and wear braids or whatever the fuck mm-hmm. like this is an everybody issue yes. this is important yes. you know what i'm saying so it's just it's important that we acknowledge these moments in black hair yeah. as like what they are because we're still we're still fighting over our hair yeah and this is this is this is an example of how it is ingrained in the system to limit access to black people yeah. this woman cannot get her nursing degree That's right. because her hair mm-hmm. like it's fucking ridiculous but it's on the books and written down somewhere as as procedure and policy yep. like it, oh, it's just gross it's mm-hmm. fucking disgusting mm-hmm. Well, now that I'm full of rage, <laughs> you ready to throw somebody in the pit? Let's throw a motherfucker in the pit. Everybody strap in. I'm about to open some fucking windows. The new triple X has got to be more dangerous, deadlier, more attitude. Who the fuck is this asshole? Say what again? Say what again? I dare you. I double dare you, motherfucker. Say what one more goddamn time. So I'm going to let everyone know what the pit is. The pit is the opposite of libations. That mm-hmm. is where we throw the people, places, and things that fuck with our black joy. And Jay, what is your pit? Everybody here knows that we fucks with Car- Cardi B. Heavy. Uh, yeah. That we love her, yes. right? Um, so black artists. That's right. Belkalis Amanzar. Yes. Fucks with you. Everybody knows. That is not without nuance. Because uh, we know she's a whole human. A whole ass human, yo. <laughs> All right, let's not. Let's not. Okay, okay. So, back in April, um, black artist Jesse Jumanji, her um, at on Instagram is at Jesse Jumanji. And we'll put that link to that in the show notes mm-hmm. as well. Did a gorgeous rendition of Cardi B in uh, like the Mona Lisa style painting. Yeah. And I think she called it Barty Lisa or something like that. <laughs> um, something adorable. Yeah. Anyway, whatever the fuck it was fucking adorable fucking dope here we are here we are in the good lord's june okay and a white woman artist or white presenting woman artist lexi bella art um who works with the bushwick collective did a mural of of jesse jumanji's um rendition to to the bushwick collective yesterday oh for real yeah i didn't know this was happening what were they doing yesterday Huh? What were they doing? They do like uh like an outside kind of thing. You know how like there's first Saturdays at Oh, Brooklyn they do Museum. like a festival thing? They do yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Well Well <laughs> <laughs> Well, she did this mural for the Bushwick Collective, which is basically um she put Jesse Jumanji's original artwork basically um, in a mural. She kinda redid it or what it's the same picture. She just fucking painted it and redid it or whatever. She had reached out to Jesse Jumanji beforehand, uh-huh. right? So Jesse Jumanji gave her Jesse Jumanji gave her permission to use it as long as she credited her on the mural. Mm-hmm. She had one job, one yo. She job. had one job. And I bet she failed. Bitch post the shit, puts it up, posts it on Instagram. It says Bushwick Collective on the bottom and it says, it says Lexi Bella Art on top. And that's it. It says Lexi Bella on top and that's it. Oh my God. So she reached out to her like, yo, what the fuck? 
And she's like, oh, okay, I'll go back and fix it. So she, when she goes back to fix it, she adds, so this is Lexi Bellow Art. She adds um, Jesse Jumanji's hashtag, but not without adding her own. Okay? So she adds. This she, is why I don't share with y'all. You can't share with That's white women, That's why I don't women, be yo. nice to y'all. They don't know how to fucking they act. They don't. They don't know how to act, yo. So what she should have done was... First of all, what the bitch asked is fucking tag me in this picture. Yeah. Like, put me credit, credit me. me does not mean a fucking hashtag. Credit me. Credit her. Credit me. So yeah, so she put she puts the their at names on it, but both of their at names are on there. The whole thing is just wait, it's wait. just a mess. So it just says that it's not like I'm gonna go to with contributions from it says. All right, so she fixed it, and she puts now on the bottom. This is on the Instagram. Right. So first, on the first image, she's updated. Wait. Yeah. I don't know what the initial post was, mm -hmm. but on the actual mural, she just had. Her name. Brooke, yes, her name. So you're only going to know that, um, what's her name? I'm sorry. Jesse Jumanji. That Jesse Jumanji was a part of this. If you see it on Instagram, you're not going to know yep. if you saw it at if you yep. see the actual mural, you're not going to know mm -hmm. that this was art inspired by, not right. inspired, art and art that is mm -hmm. hers. So she went back days later, like three days later after posting the initial one on oh, Instagram. No. Yeah. Um, Cease and desist, bitch. Yeah. She went back days later. I don't know how later, that works with art, but. And then she added to the bottom, inspired by Jesse Jumanji, inspired by at Jesse Jumanji. And then she has at Lexi Bella art on the bottom. But if you already put your name on the top, bitch, why also were you put inspired by Jesse Jumanji? You got to put your ad name again. To, yeah, we don't like, need to do. You know, see, you've this, already credited this yourself. This is why I don't like sharing with y'all. This yeah. is why I don't watch with y'all. Oh, this and is she why turned off. She turned off her Instagram comments. Comments, of course. Because when Jesse called her out, so Jesse says, "So my Cardi B, Barty Lisa piece is now a mural in New York City. Unfortunately, I'm not able to celebrate this accomplishment. A few weeks ago, I was contacted by artist Lexi Bella Art to work with the Brooklyn." to work with the Bush the Bushwick Collective to put up this mural. I was thrilled and only asked that she credit my work with my Instagram tag on the mural. After giving me the runaround, she agreed to go back and add it. What the fuck? Instead of giving me my proper credit, she decided to add her name again and exclude mine. She has agreed several times that she would fulfill my request, but at this point, it's obviously a lie. Black artists, watch out for them vultures. This is a lesson, though, also, because it's like the fact that it had to be a runaround just for you to get a tag just mm -hmm. let you know that this is not an ally. This is not someone who cares to promote black women in their work. They just want to take from you. Mm -hmm. You know, that's yep. fucking crazy and ridiculous. And why I don't share. So they have the agreement or whatever. She posts, Jessica Jumanji posts on Instagram, like what their agreement was. Yeah. She's like, and I'll put your Instagram on the wall. Then it's posted, and Jesse's like, are you going to put my ad on there? This woman, Lexi, whatever the fuck her name is. Um, Lexis. Lex Lexi Columbus. Yes, Lexi Columbus, Lexi Bella <laughs> Art, says, I kind of decided that I didn't want to clutter it up too much with ads. I didn't even put mine on it, but I can do it if you really want. Bitch, that was the whole That's, agreement. That was the only reason she was going to let you use it. I would, I would appreciate it since that was a part of the original agreement. Otherwise, I don't really get any credit for the creation. Okay, I'll add it. Thanks again for inspiration and permission. Then, days later, any update? I'm heading over there today. See where I can include inspired by. But as I said, I have as tagged I said. you. I have tagged you. Oh, 
and let you know so you I don't like that as I'm intro. triggered by the as I said. Yo. <laughs> like bitch, who are you talking to? All I gotta say bitch. is this. All I gotta say is this, right? What's her name again? Lexi. Not Bella her, the Art. other one. Oh, Jesse Jumanji? Jesse Jumanji. If you're listening, don't be offended. I remember no one's name, okay? Maybe, because we're in New York, uh-huh. someone might, you know, like throw paint at the whole mural and then oh. it's ruined and then they have to start over and then True you that. say that you can't happen. use it. I'm just saying. That could happen. It's complicated because it is We don't want any confusions. It is difficult, but yeah, that's no. true. Yeah, like you just, it's New York that's City. True. You that's just true. never know what may happen because mm-hmm. that's fucking ridiculous and that's kind of the karma that Lexi deserves, not Cardi or you, but like what the fuck? This yeah. is ridiculous. Lexi comes back at her after not doing the shit and says, I told you I would add you and you tried I'm to put me, yeah, <laughs> you tried to put me on blast and hate and claim I stole it and hate on her own and claim I stole it. That's real. Grimy. What Lexi look like? Because uh, we got, we got pictures here. She lives in our city. I'm sorry that you can't be honest and real with your collaborators. And then um, Jesse said says, that, Lexi? Yep. Jesse says, you didn't do what you agreed to do in the first place here's jesse with her white tears i've been busy with my kid all day and you had to post with hate instead of appreciation and patient appreciation oh my goodness i finished it two days ago and i'm a full-time bitch bitch because only what bitch we're all full-time single moms okay just fucking we're not i don't even have a child but i'm a full-time single mom just because i'm a black woman in this space trying to like are you fucking serious you could have done it then you finished it two days ago that's when you should have put her no you were supposed to do it when you were supposed to do it that's what it is bitch like yeah you had to take care of kids and do all this stuff afterwards if you did it when you were supposed to fucking do it you wouldn't have to circle back to do it like are you serious I went today, even though I have nerve damage in my foot. I was going to all of go, this shit. All yes, of this shit. I was going to go the tears. I was going to go tomorrow and add your name, etc. And you tried to make me look like I'm appropriating because you are, bitch. Because you are. What do you think this is? Did you have nerve damage when you first put up Hello? the thing? Was your kid like? Was you a single mother when you first fucking did this Hello? shit? Yes, you were, and Hello? you didn't do it. You should have just did the shit. Oh man! And you thought she wasn't gonna know. Yeah. You so, thought she wasn't gonna know. Mm-hmm. You didn't care. Yep. So Don't share with these bitches. That's right. To clarify, Jesse clarifies that the Bushwick Collective was not responsible for the unfortunate situation. Um, it was up to the mural artist to choose what she painted and to give proper credit. They have respectfully reached out to me, and that's um the Bushwick Collective. That's great. And offered so to I do whatever. Yeah, yeah. We can still fuck with them. <laughs> and offered to do whatever it takes to reconcile this, including removing the the mural and Damn. giving me space to paint my own. Ew, artwork ew, yes ew, in the words of Cordy, ew. Ew. <laughs> as well as continued convos about the issue this this is my first and only time being in touch with them so i can only judge based off my personal experience here but it is important that accountability is applied everywhere that it should be i encourage all artists to demand their respect and credit and have receipts yes bitch oh my god i don't know how far brooklyn collective will go to like redeem this they but i appreciate them out. i appreciate them just like starting a mm-hmm. conversation because this white bitch couldn't even do that yo like you you've yet to even apologize the tears my nerve damage the and tears. my kids and the, the wind is blowing the tears I can't the do tears it. it's so simple yo it's such a simple that little where she put her name is such a simple spray job like you could have did that when you first finished and i the was all thing. she asked that's it 
I didn't think, you know, I, I, on second thought. On no, second, bitch. No, only we said, had an I only said you could use it because of the first on thought. second so thought. So go back yes. to the first thought and do that I'ma shit. Because on second you. thought, I will fuck you up. I'm going to just appropriate you on second thought. On second thought. I know I said one thing. Lexi Columbus should be her art name fuck is what it should be. Fuck all of that. I can't believe it. Yes, you can. I can. Yes, but I feel you. But I can't it's believe just it like, Are you serious? Pull up on me. Anyway. Sorry, that's the energy I'm in now. <laughs> Watch out, Lexi. Um, all right, so we did a motherfucking show. Yeah, we did. Thank you again to Nikita from Queer Walk Podcast Thanks so for coming much. and talking to us about reparations. We love and appreciate mm-hmm. you. Um, libations to money. That was so cute that she gave money's at name. I'm like, money not even here. Yes, okay. I was taking it too. I'm like, this like, is love. We're just some community, like community ass bitches, ass yo. Bitches. So adorable. I love you guys. Anything else? Make sure Juneteenth. June 19th, Tuesday, June 19th. Please meet us at Von Bar from 6 to 10 p.m. The link to the RSVP is in the show notes. It's a free event, and our first 50 guests in the building get a free drink. So please come through and celebrate Juneteenth with cool, us. And cool. it, that's open to everybody mm-hmm. to come and celebrate Black yes. Joy. Yes, yes, yes. Also, I forgot. I will be hosting a vision board table at the Carefree Black Girl Cookout. That is on June 16th. I also am able to give away 50 containers of shea butter to the first 50 hey. women who come to our table. Table. 49. Um <laughs> <laughs> to the first 50 women that talk to our, that come to our table and all yeah, but just making vision boards, hanging out, giving out shea butter yep. and learning about Mix Vixen. That's um, right. There's also be other things going on. I know there's a hair braiding station, there'll be performances. Um the DJs uh I think all the DJs are women. It's just all about being black mm-hmm. girls and hanging out and having a good time yeah. and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. That is in Brooklyn and Prospect Park and uh Event is in the show notes. If yes, you want to show up, it's yes, a free event. Right. Um, but they're just doing RSVP so they could get a number of the, based on the, what is that thing called? Uh, I don't know. Whatever park permit. Yeah, and shit like yeah. That. I think it's like a dollar holler. I think they said something about a dollar. Just okay. Like for like accountability's sake. So at minimum, donate a motherfucking dollar and RSVP. So yeah. Come yes. Through. Come through. Um, while we're being community as bitches, our homies at Bag Ladies Podcast are having, having a, a live, live show, show on June 9th. So that is next weekend or this weekend coming. Whenever you're listening. Um, so please come through. That's gonna be in Brooklyn, and you can go to at BG Ladies on right instagram and twitter okay we'll put the link to that in the show okay. notes I was, trying, I was trying to be like just go and you'll see it but i'll put mm-hmm. the link to that in the show notes uh and that's a ticketed event please come through and i'll be there it'll mm-hmm. be a good time so celebrate celebrate black ass like fucking womanist ass women like doing podcast yeah. show. celebrate black women creating safe spaces yes. shout out to that that's right so this is a great episode be sure to Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at T with QJ. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Tumblr, T with Queen and J. You can mm-hmm. send us T mail at T with Queen and J at gmail.com. And check out our website, which I actually have to check out. You hooked that up. Water, water, water Melandria, uh, our website. <laughs> so I'm super excited. Thank you, Water Melandria, aka mm-hmm. Queen or J, but Queen, thank you. <laughs> so yeah, T with Queen and J.com. Be sure to check that out. And- Be sure to subscribe to this podcast. We are on, what are we on? iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, mm-hmm. Apple Podcasts, Play. iTunes, yep. Um, yeah, I keep forgetting they changed mm-hmm. that. 
what else are we on Castbox? We're on a lot of places. Wherever you are that you listen to us, if you listen to us weekly and you have not subscribed to us, wherever you listen to us, please subscribe. Please, it matters, yo. It does. Um, leave us your iTunes reviews, your Apple Podcast reviews. Sorry, uh, please do that. We will read them on the show. Mm-hmm. Five stars. We want five stars, but we are five star chicks. We're five star chicks, but I will also read a shitty ass review because we, I find them entertaining. Yeah, the bad ones are good too. Mm-hmm. We read them. That's right. Yes. This show was created, hosted, produced by a black girl named. Naima and a black girl named Janicia. Thank you for your love and support. Let's get into them hashtags. Black Lives Matter. Say stop, her name. Stop killing trans women. Mm-hmm. Um, what is it? POC Pride 2018. Is I don't know. I, was, I didn't know what the Pride hashtag was. I asked the internet and y'all did not tell me, so I don't know what the Black Pride hashtag is. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Yeah, I was trying. Okay motherfuckers you know how i hate likes motherfuckers was liking it not giving me no answers that's funny <laughs> your hatred for likes is so amusing because they make no sense to me so amusing. they do nothing okay to, for go. me anyways but still like tea with queenie j <laughs> so weird um hashtag poc pride 2018 okay and it's also who's doing it? there's a, a pride live tweet going on maria underscore gisella is uh hosting a pride live tweets and they'll like watch a movie and tweet about it they did paris is burning last night cool, so that was really cool, cool. okay I, I did see that yeah so that's at um maria underscore g-i-e-s-e-l-a and um yeah so that's that what are the hashtags um, hashtag hashtag t with qj hashtag podding hashtag podding color mm-hmm. hashtag hashtag podding live hashtag podding live nyc hashtag juneteenth yo word son Hashtag word son. That's right. Hashtag spoonie chat. Hashtag maybe he doesn't hit you. Hashtag why I stayed. Hashtag disability too white. Mm-hmm. Hashtag film dis. Hashtag queer walk. Hashtag black Black Panther so lit. That's right. Hashtag Marsha's plate. Hashtag unpack BG. Hashtag, hashtag Wakanda Interhole. forever. Yep. Wakanda forever. Wakanda salute. Hashtag Interhole uprising. Hashtag Black Panther so lit. All right. Um. Actually, you know what? Send us hashtags, too. We don't know all of them. If there's some hashtags that you think need, like, a national platform or... We're not national, but... Yeah, we are national. We are national. We are national. Mm-hmm. That need, we're like, actually a... international. Like, yeah, we are, mm-hmm. actually. Shout out to South Africa. Hey. Um, If... Yeah, let us know some hashtags. We don't know all of them. Some of them might enlighten us to things. So, mm-hmm. send us hashtags, too. Yep, cool. All right, peace. Thanks. Bye, smooches. One love. And we're preparing, we're preparing everybody to go to prison through the schools. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay. The people that are not doing good in the grades, all oh, you're doing like this, all oh, you go to the detention, da da da, da. Mm-hmm. There's too many correlations between public schools and prisons. The fact mm-hmm. that you have the long hallways, the fact that you have a fixed response to authority, the fact that, oh, there's a specific time when you can go outside and play, and then there's a specific time that you can come back in. And the way that you're notified with that happening is through the bells. They're subconsciously getting you to have a fixed response to authority and understanding what it's going to be like when you are in prison. It's like, no, when you're here, you have to listen to me. I'm in charge. Now mm-hmm. I'm going to pass you off to this next person is in charge when you're doing this. And it's like you have these fixed response to authorities, and then you know how to react. And it's just like, oh, okay, you went to school, or you already know how it's going to go in prison. You've got the bells. You've got the times where you can go out when you have to come back in, and then you have your authority figures that you have to respond to. Mm-hmm. You've already been trained for this for your whole life. You've been bred for this. Yeah.